Hey everybody, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to Unnatural. Oh, Emily, it's going to be an interesting one this episode. We're heading to the East Coast of the U.S. and it actually covers multiple states here. And this is a case that took place back in 2018, at least the end of it. And I'm not kidding when I say that this one's about as disturbing and unnatural as it can really get. I don't even want to. Oh boy. I, well, I don't want to say any, I don't want to give anything away here because it's just. Yeah, because you didn't tell me. You didn't tell us last week. You have any. I have no idea. You might know this case. I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of Stephen Platel? No. Okay. Well, buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Let's do it. begin this episode in 1995 and with the good old days of dial up internet (laughs) that's your impression of dial up isn't that what it kind of what it sounds like whatever um, I, I have a lot of experience. Did you ever have dial-up when you were a kid, or did you just go straight to like fast internet? Oh yeah, we had dial-up. Like I had, to, I had, oh, I, I could be on the phone and the internet at the same time. Same. Oh, there was like a busy signal if you tried to call. I hated yeah. that so much. Look. So I didn't even have. I, I think it was like 1998. I got it. Somewhere around there, I got the internet, and I was pretty excited because I could finally uh, illegally download songs and stuff like that. That was probably one of the first things I did when I got the internet, was use Napster, all those things. We hung out in, like, weird chat rooms that we had no business being in in, like, 2002. Well, it's funny you say that because... People already, even in 1995, were meeting in chat rooms, believe it or not. And uh, they were also hooking up. And for our younger audience, chat rooms were kind of like an early Tinder. (laughs) I mean, and people would say ASL. Remember age, sex, location. I don't remember what some of the other ones were. Well, I remember having to like literally ask somebody what LOL meant. Because my friends and I had no idea. Wow. So you remember like the origins of LOL. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember this like person we were talking to was like, oh, this, that, LOL. And we were like, why does everybody say that? What does that mean? Losers of losers? Because we're 11 or 12. We have no idea. Well, I I do want to say before we get really get going here that uh, this is probably one of those trigger episodes and we don't say that a lot, but this episode has, oh, how do I put this? 
just the markings of everything that might be difficult for somebody who has been in a traumatizing situation to hear. So, so I should just leave now. Yeah, exactly. If, if this, if you feel like this might be too much for you, maybe skip to the next episode. But a chat room is where 20-year-old Stephen Platel met 15-year-old Alyssa. Ugh. Now, exactly. Strike one, right? Strike one against this guy. She's underage. This isn't going to be his first offense here. So Stephen lived in New York and Alyssa lived in Texas. But as the internet goes, you can meet anybody anywhere. And they chatted often and finally decided to meet each other. And Steve kind of wooed her right out of the gate. He basically swept her off her feet before too long, which I'm not sure where her parents were and how as a minor she was able to do this. But Emily, at the age of 16, she packed her bags and moved from Texas to New York City with Steven. Okay. Like you can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the weird I can't comprehend blinking face right. thing. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not sure how anybody didn't report this, but there she was in New York, and by all accounts, um she was pretty happy at first, and not long after moving in, Alyssa was pregnant with Stephen's child, and at the age of 17, she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, the couple named Denise. Ugh. I mean, yay babies. Love them. But not right. a 17-year-old with a... How old is he then? Uh, he's about 21, 22. Yeah. It's said that Alyssa loved her new daughter. But at the age of 17 and living in the big city, she was pretty overwhelmed, as you can imagine. Yeah. And it also didn't help that Stephen was just kind of an all-around asshole. Well, where was her family or his family for all of this? Yeah, his his family was nearby, but he lived on his own. And But here's the thing. When she moved in, he wouldn't even get a job. While they were lived there. So instead, he made her get one after they had the baby. He was also reportedly very abusive to Alyssa. And he even pinched the baby Denise every time she pissed him off. What? Yeah. And it wasn't just like a simple pinch. He would pinch her hard. What a fucking dick. Yeah. It's also said that he would cover her mouth for long stretches to get her to stop crying. And that's a normal thing for baby to, to cry, obviously. Yeah. He just got annoyed with it and I'm didn't want to hear and it. I cry all the time. <laughs> I cried like four times today. Oh, God. I really hope that's not true. It's true. So with Stephen being basically a horrible human being and Alyssa not being very familiar with the giant metropolis of New York City, she wanted to leave. But Stephen made her think twice about it when he said, and Emily, tell me if you've heard this one before. I'll kill myself if you leave me. That's exactly what I have in my notes. Fucking. Is this par for the course or what? How many times have we dealt with this now? A lot. Ugh. A lot. I hate it. 
I hate him. I can't believe that this tactic actually is used so often, but it is by douchebags. Apparently, because it works, because they're manipulators. So now, because of all of this and a whole lot more, Alyssa knew that this was really a terrible situation for a kid to grow up in. So after some long, hard days of really thinking it over, she decided to give Denise up for adoption, who was eight months old at the time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to come to that decision. It does. Especially if it's already been eight months. Yeah. But good for her for recognizing that, you know, she really wasn't at a point in her life where she was fit to be a mom. Well, she was 17. Yeah. She was living in a city, a giant city, with no friends or family, and her significant other was an asshole. So... Right. I think I think she probably made the right call there. Probably. And luckily for her, it didn't take too long for a loving family to give baby Denise a new home. Tony and Kelly Fusco lived in upstate New York and they brought the baby home with them, who was no longer Denise. Her name now was Katie. Hmm. Now, they raised her as their own. Along with their biological children, I think they had two kids biologically, and it sounds like she had a really happy childhood. She was a little shy, and she was pretty laid back, but she really enjoyed life. She was a good student, from what I understood, and she was a vegetarian. She loved animals, and her plan was to go to school for some sort of graphic design or Maybe some kind of digital art. Cool. Yeah. She was an avid artist, and it sounds like she was just a creative person in general. So that's kind of the route she wanted to take in life. And she also knew from a young age that she was adopted. It doesn't seem like it caused her any issues finding this out, though. She was definitely curious, though. Yeah. Which is obviously a normal reaction for kids to have. As an adoptee with several friends who are also adoptees, like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, I can't put myself in your shoes, but as you mentioned, you're adopted. And when you're at that age, you know, 13, 14, 15, I'm guessing you start to come into your own and ask questions about it and wonder where your parents are and who they were. Right. That being said, she was looking for her parents. And when she was 16 years old, Katie started going online for clues to find her parents' whereabouts. What was going on with her biological parents at this time? Remember, Stephen and Alyssa didn't have the greatest relationship Last we heard. Right. Well, somehow they had actually stayed together, but waiting a number of years to have kids again, they finally had their second daughter in 2007. So that's uh, 12 years after they had Denise or now Katie. And then they had their third daughter in 2012. Wow. Kate, so Katie finds her parents on Facebook. She reaches out to them. She sends them a message. And pretty shortly thereafter, she gets a response from Stephen and Alyssa, who it sounds like are thrilled to hear from her. 
and they wanted to meet her in person. Now, this took a while to happen. They exchanged messages for almost over a year, it sounds like. But eventually, oh wow, they decided to meet. And yeah. the reason it took so long is because, remember, she's in New York, and now they are in Virginia. So Katie actually decided to drive down to Virginia to meet them. And she got there, liked them so much that she decided to ditch out on art school and move in with her parents. What? Her biological parents. You don't hear that very often. No, that's kind of insane and really shocking. Right. It doesn't sound like her adoptive parents were super thrilled. No, I would imagine not. Yeah, they were very skeptical of this and kind of worried about her. But there wasn't a whole lot that they could do because she had just turned 18. So Mm. all they could really do was support her and just be there for her if she needed anything. Yeah. Just thinking about this, it's kind of crazy because... She had been gone since she was eight months old. And now, poof, she's back at 18 years old and a big sister to two siblings. And the younger two girls loved having her around. But this was kind of around the time that Stephen and Alyssa were having some big time problems themselves. The two were fighting all the time, apparently. And it got so bad that they moved into separate bedrooms. That's when you know it gets bad. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, Stephen and Katie grew very close to each other. They were spending a lot of time together. Apparently, he would even lay on the floor of her room at nights, and the two would talk until they fell asleep. And Alyssa noticed that Stephen also started dressing differently. He was wearing skinny jeans all the time, which he had never worn before. Is this going where I think it's going? And he was also wearing like those tight knit shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where you think it's going, but you'll find out here. He also shaved his beard and grew out his hair, all apparently to impress his new daughter that he hadn't seen since you know she was eight months old. It was at this point that Alyssa had really had enough of Stephen's bullshit. And she decided, hey, I'm going to move out. I'm leaving your ass. But before she did, she gave Katie a warning. She told Katie, hey, Stephen wasn't all he's cracked up to be. And that the reason that they gave her up for adoption was that she was worried that Stephen would hurt Katie. Unfortunately, Katie didn't seem to be too phased by this. And she didn't think that Stephen posed any threat to her whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So now Alyssa's gone and she's been gone now for about six months, right? Now we're into the we're into May of 2017. Right. Alyssa's just made a shocking discovery. (sighs) Get ready for this. God damn it. Not only does she find out that Katie and her father have been engaging in a sexual relationship. 
But she also uncovers another shocker. Is she fucking pregnant? You got it. God damn it. No. Actually. Incest is not the best. It's not. I know. I do know a little bit about this case. Um, because I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but they talk about like the phenomena. I forget what it's like. Actually, I tried to Google it, um, but I forgot what it's actually called. But there's like a phenomena that happens where um, like biological related people. Yeah, because I saw I saw a little bit about that. I I didn't really put it in the pod, but we can talk about it if we want. Yeah, because it's like a thing. And I was reading about it. And then um, me and my friend Lexi, before we found our birth families, we were like, we were like, what if that ends up being us? Like, what if we just get weirdly attracted to somebody we're related to? Well, with her, I think it was because... Well, Stephen's gross to begin with. Yeah, but I mean, she was only 18 and she didn't know him. Like, psychologically, her her adopted father is her father. Right. And she just met them. So, and he starts doing all this shit and confuses and brainwashes her. And it's getting Game of Thrones. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. And you want to know what else? You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is really cool. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alyssa found out that her estranged husband and his daughter were romantically involved. What? And the, <laughs> right? And she also found out that Katie was pregnant from one of her daughter's diaries. And Emily, I'm going to send you an image of this diary entry mm-hmm. that I found so we can put it up on our socials because it is fucking beyond disturbing here. Not only does the 11-year-old girl admit that the two are having a relationship, she also says that her father insists that the two younger girls stop calling Katie their sister and start calling her their stepmom. I mean, 
where do you even begin? Oh. On the level of fucked upness. This is definitely a 10 out of 10. And not surprisingly, when Alyssa hears this, she fucking flips her lid. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? As she should. She, <laughs> she, she immediately calls Stephen and she asks him, is Katie pregnant with your baby? To which he calmly replies, I thought you knew. We were in love. No. Alyssa doesn't hold back. She starts screaming and cursing at him. And she says, you're sick. She's your daughter. Yeah. Which is probably what any of us would say in that situation. Right. But I mean, not that it's okay. And not that I'm excusing it. But it does happen in like adoption situations there's a real name for it it's genetic sexual attraction i did see that when i was looking into this yeah yeah like honestly being being adopted um it was always before i found my birth family it was one of my biggest fears that i would that i would like find my biological family and Mm -hmm. realize that at some point I had like a relationship with somebody that I was biologically related to. Yeah. Which yes, that's not happened. Thank goodness. (laughs) Right. But yeah, like you said, it sounds like it's a common feeling for children who are adopted and who are vulnerable and she certainly was vulnerable at this time. Yeah, I think it certainly doesn't help that Stephen obviously has a history of grooming young girls mm-hmm. because he did that to um, Alyssa. Alyssa, yeah. And now he's doing it again. It makes and you wonder, I mean, do we know or do we find out later? Did he ever do anything to his other girls? Or was it just kind of one of those... Like, I never saw anything that was reported about the younger girls. So well, that's I th- I think he, in my opinion, I think he met Katie. She was 18. She was attractive. And he just went from there. Yeah. And Katie, again, Katie was in a vulnerable state, just meeting her dad for the first time right. and got confused right. and really didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's still so weird. So after that phone call between Alyssa and Steven, Alyssa slams down the phone. She calls the local police, tells them what she's just learned. Now, the police did do an investigation. They even interviewed Steven and Alyssa and even their kids but for whatever reason, no arrest was made at that time of Steven. Which boggles my fucking mind. I don't know what el- what more evidence you need, <laughs> but it seems like it's all there. It's all pretty cut and dry. Well, is incest like not illegal there? 
Oh, no, it's illegal. It's definitely illegal. That's why I can't fathom why he wasn't arrested. So after that, the divorce is finalized. Good for her. And just a few weeks later, Stephen and Katie get married in a small ceremony. Married. Legally? Yes. Now, why was their marriage allowed to go through? Well, because they lied on their application stating that they were not related. And I guess nobody bothered to check on it. Apparently not. And if you look at the wedding photo, which I'll send that to you too, it appears that Katie's adoptive parents, along with Stephen's mom, attended the wedding. And it stated that Katie's adoptive parents felt like they couldn't do anything else. Like they just couldn't do much at the time and just wanted to be there to support their daughter. That's the route they were taking. You certainly can't blame them. They're not the they're not the perpetrators here. We have we have to keep that in mind. Right, but still, I don't think it's a little unsettling. Yeah, I don't I don't think I could have stood there no. and watched my daughter marry her biological father. Oh, I know. That's so fucking. Shortly after the wedding, Stephen and Katie moved to North Carolina, and Katie then gave birth to their baby. But their happiness was short-lived. Shocking. And it's funny because in the U.S. justice system, the annals of justice move so slowly here in the States. If people are listening from abroad, they just don't understand. It just moves just at a snail's pace. But eventually... The two were tested for suspicion of incest in January of 2018. And Emily, spoiler alert, the test came back positive. So the two of them were released on bond and they were both given no contact orders with each other. Their child, who was named Bennett, was sent to live with Stephen's mother, who was granted custody, and Katie then moved back with her adoptive parents in New York. I think they kind of helped her come to her senses at this point and let her know how fucked up the situation actually was. Yeah. Because on the evening of April 11th, she called Stephen and broke up with him. So, like, they got arrested. Yeah. For incest. I feel like somewhere in there, kind of like a mandatory divorce or annulment or whatever should have kind of just been like... I feel like... Yeah, and I looked into that. I didn't see that it had been annulled or that there was any sort of divorce, but they definitely were not allowed to be in contact with each other or talk to each other, even on the phone. So she broke the no contact order. She did. Did they break it? Like, I feel like, was that the only time it was broken? As far as I can tell. Yeah. 
So interesting. But this probably won't surprise you. Stephen didn't take this very well. Mm. Shocker. And the next day, he lied to his mother and said that he had agreed to take their child, Bennett, to see Katie in New York. And this is where it gets really disturbing. So he then took the poor little baby back to his house. He killed it and he left it in a closet. He killed the baby boy. Yeah. And reportedly, I couldn't find a whole lot of information on this, but it it looks like he suffocated the baby. No. There weren't any signs of trauma or anything like that, so it's believed that the baby suffocated to death. Which is just absolutely fucking terrible. I mean, you bring this little child into the world through incest, and then just a few short months later, the baby's dead. Yeah. On your own God, accord. That makes me so angry. Like, I don't understand how people kill anyone. Let alone a but baby. Like a baby. Oh, my God. It's awful. And for what? Just because he was pissed that his daughter wanted a divorce? Yeah, basically. Are you hearing yourself, sir? Yeah. Your daughter wants a divorce, so you murder your son, who's also your grandchild. Oh, my God. It's a little recalcitrant. <laughs> it is. It It's very recalcitrant, and... What's crazy is then it didn't stop there, Emily. He headed 500 miles north to New York. So here's how it went down. He follows Katie and her adoptive father, Tony, in his car. I think that they were... How did he find them in the first place? Well, he knew what their address was. And Katie was heading to their grandmother's house. So he had waited for them to leave. And when they did, he you know, followed behind them. Yeah. And they approached a rural four-way stop sign. That was when Stephen pulled his car alongside the passenger side and he shot them with what was kind of similar to an AR-15 rifle. Oh, my God. And he hit them multiple times in both their torso and their head, which almost instantly killed both Katie and her adoptive father, Tony. Do you think Do you think her dad was an intended target or he just happened to be with her and was like collateral? I think it was collateral damage. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think Stephen mind kill, killing the dad. Yeah. Whatsoever. Obviously not. And it appears that then Stephen called his mother. Remember, his mother was supposed to be the sole caretaker of their child. Right. So he let his mother know everything. He told her that he had killed their child. He told her that he had then killed his wife, otherwise known as his daughter, and her adoptive father. And then he hung up and committed suicide. Fucker. Yeah. 
Oh, I hate it when they do that. It's a coward's act. It really is. And that, and that's a cliche term to use, but it really is a coward's act. In that situation. Yeah. And so her mom obviously called the police immediately. Yeah. So, Emily, now I'm going to play you a, a message from the uh, call to the 911 dispatcher here. Address of the emergency. Yes. Um, uh, my son just called me and uh, he told me he, oh my God, North Carolina, uh, he killed his, his baby and he's in the house. Okay, you said that he told you he killed his baby. <laughs> okay, ma'am, listen to me. What's your name? Oh Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Uh, he, he's, I, he's, he's not home. His wife broke up with him over the phone yesterday. And he told me, she's in New York, and he told me he was on his way. He called me last night and said he's on his way. He's going to bring the baby to her, and then he was coming back. And he just, he just, okay. he said he doesn't have, he killed his wife, he killed her father, and he, I can't even believe this is happening. Okay. And did this happen in Nightdale? Uh, no, the, 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 his wife and father are in New York. Okay, and, so the incident but, but actually. He left, he left the baby dead when he left. Okay, where did, where did he leave the baby? Okay, he said it was in the... <laughs> What's your son's name? What's his last name? Same as mine. When did uh, this happen? He said he left last night. He called me, I forget, maybe about seven last night and said he was on his way to New York. He was going to bring to his wife and given to her and then he'd be back and and he called me this morning I, I just got up the phone just a couple of minutes ago and he told and I oh god he told me to call the police that I shouldn't go over there okay so the son is uh, so your son is not there no though the house is empty the, oh he said he put a key under the front mat to take a key to get into the house under the front mat did he say how oh he did it or what no, he did? No, and I, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him. I didn't want to know. Oh, my God. He's such a wonderful little boy. Okay. Hold, hold, hold on just a second, okay? Okay. Hello? Okay. I'm still here. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get you over to Raleigh Communications, okay? Let me talk first when I call. Okay, so I can kind of give them an idea of what was going on, and then I'm going to let you speak with a telecommunicator, okay? All right. All right, hold on for me, okay? Okay. Are you still with me? I'm here. Hey, this is over in Cary. I have a lady wanting to report a possible homicide. At All right. And she states that she got a call from her son. Was it this morning? Yes. Uh, this morning, stating that her his wife had split up with him, 
and she was in New York, and that he uh, killed there, left him upstairs at the residence. Just a moment, okay? <laughs> so I'm still here, okay? <laughs> okay. Do you know if he's still at home? No, he's not. He's not? Okay. Okay, Raleigh, I'm going to disconnect. Okay, thank you, Carrie. Uh-huh. You know, Emily, you can hear the heartbreak in her voice there. A mother who has lost her child and at the same time lost her grandchild. And you can hear it in her emotions, how she's grappling with this and dealing with this in real time. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking. That woman is a lot more calm than I feel like I would have been if my son called me and confessed to killing his wife, her dad, and his baby. Yeah, and that is the story of Stephen Platel, one that really defies belief in this unnatural world. It's one of those things where you hear about things like this in movies, but you never ever expect something like this to actually be a part of real life but tragically it was and and hopefully all those affected by it are coming to terms and maybe getting some closure it's only been a few years but we can only hope so emily what do we got going on on socials they can find us on twitter unnatural the pod Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, which also has a podcast player now, which is still kind of glitchy, but for most people it works. That is Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Um, you can also send us a Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon page set up. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, be sure to rate subscribe, follow, share us with your friends. Andy, I have one more thing for you before we go. And that is we want to say a very special thank you to Brianne Campbell for being a Patreon subscriber. And I think, Andy, we are going to be releasing a bonus episode soon. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Emily. And Brianna, we appreciate it so much. And those like her who have supported our Patreon page, we can't thank you enough. And Brianna, I just have to say, I was trying to think of a pun of your name. I normally do that. But to be honest with you, puns are kind of overrated. And make good choices. And don't get got. See you then. Bye. We should probably do that. Nee.
It didn't stop there, Emily. He headed 500 miles north to New York City. Almost to the sun. 